Well, it's good to be with you today. We're actually doing a mini-series. <clears throat> As you guys heard last week, having a two-week series in Dawson, last week and this week, really about how to communicate and talk about our faith. Last week, Brad shared with us the power of your story. In other words, we each have a story. If we put our faith in Jesus Christ, Each of us have had an encounter with God. God met us where we were, extended His grace, and gave us forgiveness as we put our faith in Jesus Christ. And then He walks with us as Spirit lives inside of us, and we have that reality that we can attest to in a very personal way. And that's powerful. That's powerful as we can share that with others. Well, this week we're going to do the next step, which is the power of God's story. And that's what we call the gospel. The simple message that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, according to the Scriptures, was buried, was raised on the third day, according to the Scriptures, and then He appeared to lots of people, testifying that what He did on the cross accomplished our salvation. That's the gospel. And today we're going to talk about that. You may already know this, the the word gospel in the first century, it it wasn't created by Christians. It was actually a word that literally meant good news. It's like when someone would come back from a war and they would have won, they'd say, oh, gospel, gospel. You know, they say it in Greek, euangelion. They would say the word gospel, gospel, because they had good news to tell. And Christians took that term to describe the great news of Jesus Christ, and that is what's come down the ages, what we call gospel. It literally means good news, and it is. It's the incredible news of what God has done, how He has acted in history through His Son, Jesus, to pay the penalty for our sins so that we might have forgiveness and everlasting life. It's good news. Now, we all like good news, right? And we're coming up to Thanksgiving. I want you just to take a second and just pause When's the last time you had some good news? Just reflect on it. What's some good news you recently had? We like good news. We like to receive it and we like to share it. Now, I had some, some good news happened in our Dawson family of faith. And you may have heard this last week from, from John and Lindsay Woods that they are expecting their third child next year from good news, huh? That's some pretty exciting news. And, and John said, actually, if you want to text um, registry to 292929, then you can make <laughs> gifts immediately to, to them and their family. No, he's, he's no. <clears throat> but hey, our family also has had some good news this fall, and no, we're not expecting. That would be news indeed. But no, we, we're not expecting. Um, but two of our kids actually got engaged this fall. Our, one of our daughters got engaged at the end of August. One of our sons got engaged at the end of September. So that's great, and we're excited about that. Um, Now, some might consider that bad news um, because we have four kids, and and if you're wanting to be a part of the Simpson family, supplies are running low. There's only two left, and they're moving fast. So if you want to get in on this, you need to get get a move on, okay? I've only got two left. So, no. Um, No, we're real excited. It's good news. We love good news. We love it. We love to receive it. We love to share it. Although the gospel is called good news, sometimes it becomes so familiar 
that we forget that it is. Sometimes we're so close to it, we hear it so often that we forget that it's actually the best news ever. Because the gospel is not simply news for one person. It's not simply news for one family or for a community or a city or a state or a region or a country or even a period of time, a generation. The gospel, the story of Jesus Christ, is for all people of all times, of all languages, cultures, tribes, and tongues. It is the greatest news ever. And in fact, that's what we're going to look at today. In the brief time we have before we celebrate the Lord's table, I just want you to reflect on one thing, that the gospel is the greatest news ever. And we get to share it. The gospel is the greatest news of all time. And we not only get to experience it, we have the privilege to share it with others as well. And so my, my hope is, as we look just briefly at it, two verses, that yes, we'll be reminded of what the gospel is, that yes, we'll be reminded of the power and the incredible wonder that God did through Jesus Christ in our lives. But I also ask that it would lead to something that would take place out of this room. That, that each one of us would be open to the Spirit's leading. And that we would carry on the tradition that that this church has had in this valley for almost 100 years of being a light and a testimony to the person of Christ. And that we would, we would reflect on the relationships in which God has placed us, whether they are at work or at school or in the neighborhood or at the market or, or wherever they are. And that God has put me in these relationships for a purpose. Maybe so that I could share the good news. So I just want you to be open to that, and I want to be open to that as we look at the Scriptures today. Okay? Is that a deal? I see any heads nodding? Okay, good. Well, let's look. Let's look together in the Scriptures. We're going to be in the book of Romans, verses, chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Some would say that these two verses are actually the theme of the entire book of Romans, that, that he does his introduction, he gives these two verses and then he expounds them for the rest of the entire book. Because these verses tell us about the gospel. And they tell us why Paul is so excited to share it. And so my hope is as we look at these verses, we'll learn from Paul. And we too will understand it's the greatest message ever. The greatest news ever and we get to share it. So Paul, has, the letter has begun in Romans. He's written them. He's never been there before. The gospel actually came through regular, ordinary people moving to Rome. The gospel came, the church was started, and Paul's heard about the church, and he writes, he goes, oh, I'm so excited to hear about, you know, everybody's hearing about your faith. I can't wait to come there to encourage you, you to encourage me. And so I can also share with people there about the gospel too. And so as he says all that, and then he gets to verse 16. And he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. 
first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. You see, the gospel is the greatest news ever, and we get to share it. And Paul's excited about going to do that in Rome, and that's what he says in these verses. So let's look at them a little more closely. Now, first, Paul, he refers to the gospel, but he doesn't say actually what it is. He doesn't define it for us. If you want to look for the quickest definition of the gospel, you'd turn to 1 Corinthians 15, where Paul talks about, he wrote to the church there, and he says, you know, the first importance I wrote to you, this is what you hold to, it saves you. And he says, he says these things, he goes, the gospel that I preached to you, that Jesus, Jesus Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures. He was buried. He was raised on the third day, according to the Scriptures. And then he appeared to lots of people. I mean, he says there, what does he say? He says to Cephas, the 12, over to 500 who are still alive, and then to James, and then to himself. And to, 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 to Paul, who was abnormally born late. And so, so he says that. So, so basically, Jesus Christ died for our sins. This is the short mini version. Jesus Christ died for our sins. According to the Scriptures, he was buried. He was raised from the third day, according to the Scriptures. And he appeared to lots of people to prove he rose from the dead. That's the central, simple gospel message in its shortest form, according to Paul. So when Paul is here and he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, that's the message he's talking about. So he says there, first off, he begins, he goes, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Now, if there's a, if there's a question about that, if there's a question about being ashamed of something, why is that so? I mean, why would someone possibly be ashamed of the gospel? I think we probably all can have some good reasons why. I think a lot of us even feel awkward sharing the gospel sometimes. You're not supposed to talk about politics and religion? Sometimes we're worried about what will people think? Maybe I'll burn this bridge. Well, Paul, Paul has some very tangible reasons why, why he might be ashamed of sharing the gospel. If you read the, the second half of the book of Acts, do you know what his experience was? I mean, he would go to a town, preach the gospel, a few would respond, and then a, a riot would ensue, and they'd drive him to the next town, and he'd do it again, and again, and again. In one town, he was even left for dead. I mean, they literally threw stones at him, thought they'd killed him, and left. And he sort of gets back up, goes to the next town, does it again. Man, he wouldn't stop. Why? I mean, I, I give up on things that are hard. <laughs> I give up on things that aren't easy. I give up on things that I don't get good feedback on. I mean, I, I sang a solo once in choir in high school, and they didn't ask me to do it again. I did not pursue a vocal career. And many can attest that was a wise move. I didn't get good feedback. I'm sure my mom said I did a good job, maybe my siblings, you know, but... I didn't get a lot of good feedback. We stop things when we don't get positive feedback. I didn't stop Paul. Why? Why didn't he just hang it up? Well, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. The gospel is the power of God. In other words, God has acted in time decisively to bring about salvation. That is what the gospel is. 
That is what happened when Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, was buried, was raised to life, and that through faith in him, we have forgiveness. That was God acting. He says God brought salvation to everyone who believes. Now, salvation, to be saved, (laughs) you have to be in trouble first, right? You aren't saved out of safety. That's not salvation. Let's say last week, while it was still warm, you took one last trip to the lake, and maybe you were at Smith Lake or Lake Martin, wherever you were, and you're out there swimming and enjoying the 80-degree weather, maybe laying on one of those blue things that float in the lake. I don't know, but you're out there having a good time in the sun. All of a sudden, you hear this, this helicopter coming over. Like, what? All of a sudden, you hear this, go, 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 go. And this guy starts rappelling down those steel cables, comes down the harness, hooks you up, and yanks you back up. You're like, what in the world is going on? And he's like, I saved you. I saved you. You're like, no, you didn't. You ruined my weekend. I was perfectly content. I didn't need to be saved. And you'd be right. You had no need for salvation at all. You were enjoying the lake. Now, what if instead of being in Smith Lake, you were in this moving body of water up near the Canadian New York border that comes to a major natural beauty site called Niagara Falls? If you're going that direction, you hear a helicopter going, and you hear somebody say, go, 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 go. You're like, come, 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 come. And he comes down, and he hooks you up in that harness, and he he takes you back up. You're like, thank you. Because what is that? Salvation. That's rescue. And that's what Paul says. Paul says, the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. It's not an upgrade. It's not to make us feel better. It's not just to give us a model to live by. It's not just to give us comfort and hope. It's salvation. It's salvation. Because we need it. Because the Bible teaches we are all broken. We are all sinners. And in and of ourselves, we have no ability to have a right relationship with God now and forever. Apart from God acting decisively in history and time, sending his son, Jesus Christ, to take the penalty for our sins on the cross, we have no hope. But he did. And look how Paul goes on. He says, he speaks of righteousness and faith, and righteousness and faith. He says, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. See, what he says is God took care of the issue. The issue was we had sin and we needed righteousness. We didn't have righteousness and we needed, and we didn't have righteousness. We had sin. We needed a big exchange. And God did. 2 Corinthians, it's one of my favorite verses in the world, 2 Corinthians 5.21, where Paul says, God made him who knew no sin to be sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Wow. What a deal for us. It wasn't a good deal for God. His son gave his life on the cross. His innocent son, who was righteous, the only one who could pay our penalty, did. 
And he invites us to receive it by faith. So it's available to everyone equally. There is not a person on this planet more than a half second away, a millisecond away, from being righteous in God's sight. No matter of their background, their patterns, their stages of life, their tendencies, their history, whatever. Every single person on this globe right now can freely receive the forgiveness of Jesus Christ by faith. Praise God. That's good news. It's by faith and it's free. Isn't that good news? It's the greatest news ever. And we get to not only experience it, but share it. Let me tell you something. It may sound a little funny. Um, Sharing my faith isn't easy for me. It's not easy for me to tell my story and God's story. In fact, I find it awkward. I'm fearful. I have to get people praying for me to do it and talking about it with me afterwards. It's hard. I don't have the gift of evangelism. People I equip and train in how to share their faith are so much more fruitful than I am. But that doesn't mean that I don't share my faith. I mean, think about it. If I don't have the gift of mercy, does it mean I'm not ever merciful? If I don't have the gift of serving, I don't ever serve? If I don't have the gift of hospitality, does it mean I'm very inhospitable? No. I might not have as much fruit, but I'm still going to be involved in those things. Because God has put people in my life for whom he wants me to be a witness by telling my story and his story. And you know what? He's done the same for each one of us. My hope is that we as a Dawson family of faith can carry on the tradition of this church for almost 100 years of being a light in this valley and beyond. And one of the ways he has for us to do that is for us to share our story and God's story. So you may be sitting here going, sounds great, Tim. I have no idea how to do that, and I'm really uncomfortable doing that, and it sounds like a great platitude, but good. I'll say, "Mm -hmm, great message. See you later. Well, I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you want to learn, if you want to take a step of faith, and you want to say, hey, man, I don't feel real comfortable doing this, but I want to learn. I want to know how to scan for spiritual interest with my friends and family. I want to know how to, how to start a spiritual conversation. I want to know how to share my story. And when given the opportunity, I want to know how to sensitively, clearly tell the gospel. Well, if you'd like to do that, I'd love to help. non-evangelist as I am. Maybe I can relate to you. If you're interested in learning that, if you're interested in practicing, if you're interested in making progress in that, my wife and I would love to help you with that. Sincere invitation. We can do it with a group of eight or so people, meet for an hour a week for a few weeks, and just 
together encourage one another and learn and grow. So I'm just going to give you a little offer. It's going to be very expensive, though. It's at least three gifts to the Woods family. <laughs> um, no, if you actually take out this blue card, the prayer card in your pew, or you can take out any of the cards in there, but this one's a nice pretty one, and it has a lot of space on it. If you want to write your name, your email address, and write my story, God's story, and you put it in the offering plate, then we'll contact you. We'll say, hey, how can we be of help? Let's arrange how we can make this happen. That's a sincere, personal offer. Name, email, say my story, God's story, and it'll get to us. Because look, if we don't share the gospel, who is If we don't talk to our family members, who is? If we don't talk to people in our offices, and if we don't talk to our neighbors, and we don't talk to the the fellow people in our classrooms, we don't talk to our teachers, our doctors, our lawyers, our friends, who will? But God will empower and work in and through us because we have the best news ever. And we get to share it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the opportunity to be encouraged by the words of Paul to the people living in Rome centuries ago. We thank you that people, not unlike us, but like us, shared the gospel with people in the days of their ordinary lives. And the gospel spread from people to people, to nation to nation, to century to century across the globe. And we are are the recipients of that even here now. And we get to be a part of this gospel spreading until people from every nation, tribe, and tongue can worship Jesus and will forever. And we get to be a part of our generation experiencing the forgiveness and grace and presence of God. Thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray.